Today's gospel is just a short portion of a very long conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in the gospel of John. Nicodemus was a teacher and a member of the Jewish high council, the Sanhedrin. He was a prominent person. He was expected to be a national expert on religion and God. He came to Jesus at night. Maybe he did that because he did not want to be seen as associated with Jesus. But as we see in this gospel, as we further read down in this gospel tonight, we see that there's this whole play of light and darkness. In fact, the whole gospel of John has a lot of images of light and darkness. So darkness could have been a symbol of his ignorance. He didn't know everything about God. Or maybe his lack of faith or his seeking of light is asking questions of Jesus. His conversation with Jesus is one of the most important conversations in the gospel. Coming to know God is more than just having a lot of information about God that Nicodemus would have had or a lot of data. We don't know whether Nicodemus ever became a believer or not. But our gospel was a good one for all of us in the season of Lent. I cannot tell you how many times people say to me, I have a hard time seeing God. I'm struggling with my belief now. It's not just Nicodemus who's searching for God. Why does God stay hidden? Why doesn't God reveal himself more concretely and physically so that no one at all would doubt his existence? Karl Rahner, the great 20th century German theologian, provided this perspective. He said... God is not hidden. He said, we just don't have eyes to see that God, to see God. He said, because our eyes are not tuned to this kind of reality. He says, we are just discovering that we cannot picture God as, as though God is carved in some kind of a figure of wood. He says, our discovery of God is not this kind of way. We struggle with our doubt because we cannot picture God's existence in some kind of an image or his presence in normal kinds of ways. You know, that's why God became human, so we could experience God. At certain points, our minds simply run out of gas, leave us dry, unable to nail down the reality of God the way we do everything else. Rahner says we we struggle with faith because the world is not God. We can't stroll around the landscape of the spirit the way we stroll around the world that we're in here today. This is simply because God is beyond 
all concepts, all language, all that we see, touch, and feel in ordinary ways. God is love, energy, vastness, beyond all of our concepts. So it's easy to have doubts about God's existence. It's especially true in the world we live in today. It's so enthralled with the material. It's not just true for the young, but for all ages. Because the world that we live in is passing so quickly before our eyes. So Jesus responds to Nicodemus with one of the most famous passages that we have in all the scriptures, John 3.16. We always see it watching a ball game, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. It's precisely what we need to hear in the face of our doubts. It comes from Jesus, who loves us so much. Jesus, who is the face of God. Jesus, who is drawing us to believe more deeply in him. As he says, everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. Not the future, but might have eternal life already present to us here. When Jesus spoke those words, many did not believe in eternal life. But I find that to be true today as well. Many people think this is all that there is. Many people do not believe in eternal life. Many people think that we die... That's it. That's why people live wild and crazy. They said, just get it all right now, because there's nothing left after this. But note, well, Jesus speaks about eternal life many times when he is speaking. When he spoke to the woman at the well, he spoke about living water that he gives, which he says will leap up within to provide eternal life. And after the multiplication of the loaves and fishes in the bread of life discourse, he said all who eat the bread of life will have eternal life. What important promise this is to grasp hold of and to treasure on our earthly pilgrimage here on this earth. So what does the promise of eternal life offer to us believers sitting here in the pews who hear it? We must manifest this by our words, by our deeds, by our actions. And we draw this eternal life. We draw this, so to speak, this water that is welling up from different sources, from a watering hole, so to speak. You might call all the different parishes and our parish here, I like to use the image of a craft brewery, okay? 
It is. It's its own special recipe here for holiness. Drawing up a pathway to holiness, to eternal life. For here you're offered wisdom of the new spirit from eternal treasury where we meet God who was revealed here in Jesus. And we proclaim and embody and serve this kingdom that he established. This is the eternal life that is present here. Today, Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the shadows of the night. This gospel is addressed to each of us. We have the gift of eternal life. That's what energizes us. Do we live it out? Or are we like Nicodemus, publicly afraid to profess our faith in Jesus? Are we committed to following Jesus' way? Is there evidence of that commitment in my life? When is the time to make the changes to becoming more deeply believers in Jesus and living it with our lives? Our second reading tonight from Paul to the Ephesians says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for the good work God has created in advance that we should live in them. I read another translation that says, We are God's artwork. God is the artist. And he has created you and I to show forth his life and love in our world. Once a good time to ask ourselves, am I reflecting this life of God by my words and actions? Or as it was once said, if it were a crime to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me?